Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. You know, not all fruit is designed to grow on trees, on bushes, on plants, on vines. Some of it's designed to be growing on you and me, if we're believers, if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus. Um, We should find ourselves as fruit bearers. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? We're going to delve into that today. If you want to turn to John chapter 15, it's going to be our text. We've been talking about what what a true disciple is, what it looks like to be a learner. And in week one, that's what we define discipleship as a learner, a student, uh, one who gleans, one who feeds on and follows after, Uh, one who is a, uh, a mimic, a copycat of the original what a disciple is. We talked about our being followers, our being harvesters in week two. Week three, we talked about our being messengers, then our being vulnerable. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about our being our, the need for our, our discipleship to be all in, all the time. And so, then last week, we looked at our being givers, and today, fruit bearers. So let's look at this text from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 8 together. Follow along with me, if you will. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. All every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Now, today, four things I want us to glean from this text about our being fruit bearers. The first is this, is that fruit bearers know their place. They know their place. Look at verses 1 and 2 again. He says, I'm the true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. It's important to note that the branches are neither the, the vineyard owner nor the vine. It's never our role as disciples to choose when and where we should be planted. Uh, rather, it's the role of the gardener. It's the role of the father, he says it here in his text. The branches also don't decide how and where the nutrition comes from, where the growth comes from, where, where we're fed from. That's the, 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 the vine's job, the role of the vine, the role of Jesus himself. The branch's role is to find itself in submission to the gardener and the vine for those things. But know this, A sovereign God, an all-knowing God, has placed you where you are in time and place and circumstance for his divine purpose and his divine plan. A sovereign God has placed you where you are in this time and space here in 2022. He birthed you into the home that he birthed you into. He gave you the influence that he gave you. He gave you the friends that he gave you. He gave you the resources or not. 
that he gave you. He did all of that by design. There's nothing a sovereign God does not do in your life and mine as disciples that's not intentional. So wherever I find myself, I know that God's placed me there to bear, to bear fruit in that place. So if that's true, we need to resist this sense of entitlement that many of us could see that permeates our culture that says, or would say, if I only had his marriage or her marriage, I'd bear more fruit. If I had his job or, her job or their, their money, I'd bear more fruit. If my life was circumstantially like that more rather than like it is more, I'd bear more fruit. He's put you where you are, when you are, in the circumstances you are, to bear fruit wherever you are. Not their fruit, yours. That's important for us to understand because our, our, our enemy wants us to think, well, if your circumstances were different, you'd be a closer Christian to God. And that's far from the truth. Or it needs to be far from the truth. Yet we find ourselves sucked into that vortex sometimes. A sovereign father, a sovereign gardener, has purpose and designed everything that happens in the life of his children, in the life of his of, of the branches. We need to trust both the bigger picture that he's, that he's up to and the details that he plants in our life, sometimes daily, to see he's got design to this. He's at work. I need, I need to follow his plan and his process. So fruit bearers know their place. Secondly, fruit bearers stay connected. Look at verse 4. They stay connected. Verse 4 says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, the main shaft of the vine is where the branches get their nutrients uh, by way of water and the soil. In order to run, for us to run, anything to run properly or at all, uh, it's we need to understand where the source comes from. It's kind of like a combustion engine. A combustion engine runs on a mixture of air and gas. You cut out the air, the engine's going to sputter. You cut out the gas, the engine's going to sputter and eventually die. He's saying here the nutrients come from the vine. That's where our nutrients come. If we try and substitute that in any other place, we're going to sputter and die, and our, our, our effectiveness is going to fall off. Same is true for the, for the branch. Um, the vine is, is the, uh, the delivery method, and we bear fruit uh, from that vine. Any separation or substitute we try and put in place of that is going to fail. It's going to negate our fruit bearing. And uh, usually when that's brought into the picture, it's usually because we're seeking our own way, our own comfort, our own plan, our own design. And even when the connection, and by connection, understand here, I'm not talking about salvation. Uh, I'm talking about a deeper walk with him, a, a connection as a disciple of his that it's beyond just a ticket to heaven and that's all I'm interested in, that's all I want. He, he's talking here about a deeper connection, a deeper place, a deeper walk, a, a more substantive relationship than, than what most normal, uh, normal believers would have, that we are, we are uh, drawn into that relationship by way of the vine and where and how the gardener has planted us there. Uh, it's, it seems like that can be severed sometimes, but it really can't. It's, it's God's connection to make, and he keeps that connection in place. Uh, now, the enemy's going to work as hard as he can to sever it. Trust me on that. Uh, keep it from being restored from time to time. But, uh, and, and he usually does that by the comparison game that I just talked about a minute ago. If I had their life, their means, their resources, their smarts, their education, their, you fill in the blank, I'd be closer to God. He, he he sucks us into that comparison game again and again and again, thinking that 
one of these days, my circumstances are going to change. When my circumstances change, I'll walk more attuned with God's will and plan for my life. But until then, I'm just going to stay the course here and stay my own way. We've got to stay connected to the vine. Uh, get our eyes off of them. Get our eyes on, on the vine itself. Uh, fruit bears know their place, and fruit bears stay connected. Thirdly, fruit bears can't help but produce. Cannot help but produce. Look at verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you remain in me and I in you, you, what an incredible promise, you will bear much fruit. You bear much fruit. Fruit bearing is the natural byproduct of the, of the branch. It's what the branch is designed to do. In fact, when we know our place and stay connected, there'll be more fruit on the vine to the extent that you can't even see the vine anymore for the fruit. That's how you, you and my life is supposed to look. If there's enough fruit to where the vine is, is, is obscured because of the fruit bearing. That's what he's talking about when he says, you will bear, if you stay connected in me, abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Um, this, is, this is his message to us to say a, a well-prioritized, well-connected life is going to bear fruit. Uh, you can't help that from, from, from happening. It's, well, that is until we get enough of ourselves that we think we don't need him anymore to bear fruit. And we start bearing fruit in our own strength, in our own smarts, in our own talent, our own abilities. Uh, it's, it, it is when we go our own way that that starts to happen. So, what does fruit look like? What does is, what is our, our, our bearing fruit look like? What is it actually supposed to be? Well, according to the scripture, in fact, uh, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, uh, tells us the Great Commission. He says, to go and make disciples. Jesus' command to, to, to his 12. To go and make disciples. And as you make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them are the two commands in, in, that great, in, that, in those passages. Meaning, Baptizing them into the faith, bringing them into, into the kingdom, and then from, the, from that point of baptism, growing their faith to where it looks like the vine, looks like the gardener. In essence, to say, fruit bearing doesn't stop when, someone becomes, when your friend becomes a Christian or your, your work partner becomes a Christian or your colleague becomes a Christian. Fruit bearing starts to happen when, when that person's life starts to grow to a deeper place. They start to understand the relationship a little more. It's, it's not just about heaven and not just about being saved from our sins, but walking in a lot of who he is. And that, he says, is what fruit looks like. So it looks like another believer. It looks like another Christian that's growing in their faith and walk. It also looks like another disciple that's in a deeper place because you have poured into their lives. Um, so a question has to be asked of us if we're going to bear fruit is, are those around us that God has placed burdens on our heart that we need to reach for Christ? Perhaps even in our own family, perhaps even under our own roof. Beyond that, are there those in your life that you're pouring into, you're pouring something into, that, that are behind you in, in the faith, so to speak? They, they may know Christ, but they've never really grown, they've never really matured, they, they haven't known what, what next steps to take. Are there those that you're seeking out to bring to the kingdom, and are, are those in the kingdom that you're pouring into that are behind you in the walk? That's exactly what he's talking about here when he talks about bearing fruit, that our fruit is supposed to look like another believer, and it's supposed to look like a more mature believer because we're pouring into them. Fruit bears know their place, stay connected, and can't help but produce. Finally, fruit bears pray from the inside. Pray from the inside. Look at verse 7. 
says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, watch this, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. What do you, Tom, Tim, what do you mean pray from the inside? Look at the first part of this, this promise. If you remain in me, so what does it mean to remain in him, to be in Christ? Well, in my view, the New American Standard is, is the better translation for this, for this word and this phrase. It says to abide. If you abide in me, meaning that if you take up residence in me and your life is so connected to me that, that no arena of your life and your world can be lived out apart from me, being seen, being known, being, being recognized, being made known, that to, to abide is to take up residence. It's, it's the home button, the reset button that we go back to that, that is our natural place, our default position. Uh, not a place we visit occasionally, but a place where we live and not just a place where we visit on Sundays, where we live throughout the week, a place where we reside, where we feel safe, where we feel normal. That's where we ought to find ourselves abiding in him. And then the, the next part of that promise, he says, my words remain in you, meaning for the 12, it was the words that he had spoken physically that, that they had audibly heard him say. For you and I sitting here today, those audible words are written and recorded in this book. Beyond his audible words, the words written in red, are his inspired words to us, the other writers of the scripture, that are just as true as his audible words. These are the words he's talking about. He said, if, if my word remains in you, and you remain in me, you abide in me, and this book, the, the teaching of this book abide in me, it, abide in you, you will bear much fruit. So, and we get to that place, uh, he says that, it, th this book is where our nutrients come from. It's where our, our feeding comes from. It's where, our, where we grow from. Ephesians 5 says this. It says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy. Watching this. Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Meaning, it itself has a cleansing effect on what to believe and what not to believe. What is true, what isn't. How do I, how do I decide looking at our culture how about aside looking at the evening news or reading a book or seeing some, some story that happens across the news? How do I decide what's truth and what's false? How, how do I decide what's real from what isn't? I can't unless I know what this book says. It is the supreme authority. It is the source of truth, not just a source, but the source of truth. So if we're going to be fed, we're going to have to, 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 to glean on the truth of this book. Uh, and, it, and that's why I, I paint this, uh, this lens of our praying from the inside because insiders get that. Folks that are abiding in him, they get what is important and to the extent that they start to pray for what he already wants for them. When we have an insider's view, our prayer life is going to look like his plans for us. To where we're not praying for our own, our, help me, you know, help me get this done, help me get this done, show up over, over here, show up over here, do this for me, I need this, I need where our prayer life starts to shift, we are praying for the things that we know God already wants for us. That's an insider's view to where we can start to see through his lens and pray that way. When we do that, some incredible things start to happen in our lives and in your prayer life. God starts to work through your prayer life in supernatural ways that you would have never experienced apart from that. How do I get there? Well, I got to know what his word says. I got to be, I got to abide in him and have his words abide in me. I got to take up residence in him and have his words resound from that residence out of my life. Um, talk about a prayer life uh, when we learn to pray that way from an insider's perspective. Pray what he already has, has planned for us. That's a, 
Those are prayers where oftentimes your reaction is just nothing but Or, not that you didn't or couldn't see that coming, but you start to expect the supernatural as you pray. You start to, to, to see through, through a, God, a more godly lens to the extent that you're praying holy things. You're praying godly things. You're not praying selfish things anymore. You're not praying, you know, meet my needs, take care of me, make sure I'm happy. You know, you're, you're starting to pray things that, that God prays for you. When that starts to happen, your prayer life starts to engage uh, and ripple out of your lives into the lives of other folks around you to the extent that uh, it's, it's, I'm trying to explain it and I can't because it's, it's unexplainable. It just isn't. So but that's what he's talking about to say, you're so, you, you want to pray and have everything you ask come true? Start praying from an insider's view. Start praying what I want for you and you'll start to see that happen in your life. A couple of questions as we wrap up. First is this. Is there any fruit? And by that I mean any evidence. Is there any fruit in your life that says you're a disciple of Jesus? That evidence should be brought to bear in your life and it should be obvious to those around you. It, it, there should be more fruit than vine. When they look at your life, they should see more fruit than vine. Is that evidence true of you? Is, is, it, is it obvious to those around you? Are you still living at your place? Or have you learned to abide in his place, where he is, where he wants you to live? A grape has to die for a grapevine to grow. It's got to be put in the ground, and that grape dies, and that new vine comes up out of the ground to give life. So here's the next question I want for us to close with. Are you willing to die to what you want in order to bear kingdom fruit? Are you willing to die to what you want to happen in your life in order for your life to start bearing some kingdom fruit. Most of us are still looking for, for places where God's agenda matches ours. That's not what this passage is talking about at all. It's talking about our leaving our agenda, walking away, running away from it, and running to him. Finding our pleasure, our peace, our, our sustenance, our, our fulfillment, our food, all that we are and all that we need, finding that in the vine, finding that in him, finding that in, in the gardener. Um, if we're look, still looking for ways for his will to overlap ours and his plans to overlap ours, he didn't work that way. Now, you may look up on occasion and find that to be true, but generally speaking, he doesn't work that way. We can't, we can't stay in control and abide in him at the same time. It's just impossible. But if we want our lives to bear fruit and the more mileage you get, the more this becomes important to you. The longer you, the more, the more, hopefully the more mileage you have, the more you've learned. The more you've learned, the more you, you, you should see from a faith perspective. It's what, I, it's what happens after I leave this place that matters. It's what I leave behind. It's, it's, the, it's the ripple effect of what my life is, is to be known for and, and should, should have been, that I wanted it to be known for. What is that in your life? You're bearing some kind of fruit. You're either known for uh, a guy who can fix things, make things right again. You're known for being a good cook. You're known for being a, someone with, with a good work ethic. You're known for something already. Is that enough? Is that enough fruit that you're, that you're, you're willing to bear? Or 
is the fruit that he's talking about in this passage is something that you desire. If you desire it, we've got to learn to abide in the vine. We've got to learn to abide in him and let his words abide in us. Where that becomes a lifestyle, a hunger that, that can be fed and met only in that place day after day. Then you can't help but bear fruit. And people will start, come to start, pick it off, start picking it off your life. Hey, share with me what, 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 why you do this. Share with me what you think about. What do you think about such and such? Tell me what, you, what your opinion is about this. They'll start gleaning the fruit. They'll come to the fruit to, to, to find it, start to, to look for it. That, that's the place where he's talking about today to say, listen, you will bear, if you abide in me, my words abide in you, you will bear much abundant, overflowing fruit in your life. That's where you want to be. There's a cost to pay. The cost is I abide in the vine. I look at culture and say, I'm not interested in that anymore. I look at stuff and say, I'm not, not interested in those things anymore. I look at the vine and say, that's what I want. I want that more than I want any of this. I want my life to matter for something, count for something, and that is more important than the rest of these. We can get there. We can get there. In fact, we're called to be there as disciples. But we can't get there hoping our ways intersect with his. We lay ours down and pick his up. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today would you cause our hearts to find our, our willingness, our submission to, to want your ways more than our own, something that becomes natural and not just conjured up, or something that we say we want on Sundays, but on Mondays our, and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, our, our desire is far from that. Would you help us as, as we stick our nose in this book, and specifically John 15, to ask of ourselves daily, am I in the vine? And get up the next day and say, am I in the vine? Am I remaining in him? Am I abiding in him today? Or is this on me? Am I going my own way, doing my own thing, hoping he sees it and blesses it from time to time? Teach us that the desire of our heart should become to walk in you and to understand you and to be a disciple of yours, to be a learner, to be a follower, to be a copycat, to be one who comes along after who looks like the original. Teach us to, be, to want those things to the extent that what starts to happen out of our lives, the fruit that comes out of our lives is not just things we enjoy talking about, whether the balls are winning or whether our job is going okay or who gets elected and who doesn't. But teach us that the fruit that comes out of our lips, out of our mouth, out of our heart, our attitude is talking about our Savior, about his plans for us and his desires for us, his dreams for us, his goals for us, and our wanting that kind of fruit above all else. Would you cause us to desire that today and, and cause that fruit to not only hang and rot on the vine, but to be picked and poured into the lives of other folks around us? There are those watching us that know we're believers and wonder, is it really real to them? Is that just something they say they believe? When we start to bear fruit, they start to understand, yes, it's real to them. Would you help us today want those things more than we want anything else and to walk in them tomorrow? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ. 